drop. Well, hey there, listeners. You have found the very first episode of Story 4 Presents Voices of Tree Fort Music Fest. My name's Christian Wynn, and I am the director of Story Fort. Um, and we're moving into our seventh year. You're going to hear a lot about that in today's first podcast with me sort of stumbling, bumbling along with Larry Rosen, who's one of our, our more polished, thus far at least, hosts. He's going to kind of uh, right the ship. And um, let me just go into sort of what you're going to experience on this podcast. Um, it's a weekly podcast that dives into the stories behind Boise's Festival of Discovery, Tree Fort Music Fest. And Tree Fort Music Fest brings in hundreds of artists from all over the globe every March. And we're going to be here at the Story Fort Presents podcast each week, scrolling out episodes to tell you more about all things Tree Fort. And today, like I mentioned, we're going to talk about Story Fort. And throughout this podcast, this uh, weekly podcast, year-round, you're going to get different uh, stories of the many forts, which makes this kind of a super unique festival. So I'm just going to tell you about the names of all these forts so you can, you know, anticipate what's coming. We have Ale Fort, we'll have Art Fort, we'll have Comedy Fort, we'll have Film Fort, we'll have Food Fort, Hack Fort, Kid Fort, Story Fort, Skate Fort, and Yoga Fort, and of course, Tree Fort, the big one. So with all the music, all the elements of beer and art and comedy and yoga and all that great stuff. So we're also going to talk to like Fort Founders. We're going to have musicians in the studio. Um, we're just going to talk about, you know, behind the scenes stuff. And you can actually go to ease-drop.com, Ease Drop Studios, um, who are very accommodating, very helpful in putting this all together. And um, we really appreciate sort of, I don't know, helping, having them help us launch this. So thank you, Ease Drop. You can also find us on Instagram, on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter and uh, our, our part of the uh, treefortmusicfest.com website can be clicked on via the Forts tab. Furthermore, I do want to thank the Story Fort team, which consists of Joe Davidson, Allison Meyer, Amy Burton, Eric Amador, and Forrest Gerlach. And they'll all be chiming in to host certain episodes and be a part of this endeavor. Also, I want to thank Tree Fort. Big round of applause to the founders, the staff, the volunteers. We're going to be getting into their stories on this podcast um, coming up next week, actually. So be ready for that. And gosh, I want to thank Andrew Martin of Up Is The Down Is The, whose song Yesterday You Said Tomorrow is playing right now as you listen. And you can also find his Bandcamp stuff in the show notes. And all I know is that I was pretty nervous in this first episode. And so I apologize for the many times I say organic and things like that over and over. Larry does scold me a couple times, but hey, it was our first go around. This is going to be a really fun endeavor. So Story Fort presents Voices of Tree Fort Music Fest. Listen up. Waited for it to come around and wash over me. Story Fort presents Voices of Tree Fort Music Fest. Today, uh, a very special episode of Story Fort Presents. Uh, our guest today is not really a guest at all. You know him as a co-host. You know him as all kinds of things. You know him as the beating heart 
behind the entire Story Fort production. I know him as uh, many things, that included, but this is someone I've known for over 30 years, we were just saying yes, beforehand. Way too long. Way so too. let me not wait and pause anymore and introduce you to Christian Wynn. Hello. Welcome to your very own podcast. I know. What we want to do today is give you another in our series of Tree Fort Origin episodes. And I think you can probably guess which fort we're going to be delving into today because our guest is Christian Wynn. Yes, the director of Story Fort. Director of, co-founder of Story Fort. Now, what we like to do on these sorts of podcasts, uh, podcast episodes, is really dig in deep and let you know when you go to Tree Fort and when you go to Story Fort and when you go to Hack Fort and when you go to Ale Fort and when you go to Kid Fort and how the sausage was made to bring it all together to the point where you were able to attend and enjoy yourself. We're going behind the scenes today, hopefully. And we're stepping in the time machine. So let's start yeah. with that. What I want to do today, uh, Chris, is really get combo of Story Fort origin and Christian Wynn origin. Now, uh, also, if, if, if you want more Christian Wynn origin, you can go to a podcast that he and I recorded a couple years ago at uh, grottopod.com. It's a podcast I used to do down in San Francisco. And that really gave, we got an hour, a straight full-on hour of Christian Wynn origin story. It's true. So if you want that, that's a good place to go. But we want to focus on Story Fort here, but I think it's impossible to talk about Story Fort without talking about you. I think that's hopefully true <laughs> if I feel that way or, you know, but I'm glad you do as well. So. All right. So let's take it back. It's 2012. And that you do nice. have a role in the original Tree Fort. My role was to sell pizza at the main stage. <laughs> how, does, how does a decorated... Writer, author, uh, short story writer, sometime poet, teacher, Idaho State icon, find himself slinging pies at the first tree well, fort. It, well, it, it was the first year, and my good friend uh, Russ Crawforth, um, who owns and operates a place called Pie Hole, which is right downtown. Boise has been a sponsor and kind of a collaborator from the start. Um, and he, I was doing this, some remotes for him because I worked in the restaurant industry along with teaching and writing because you kind of have to or mm-hmm. do something gigging. But uh, yeah, so I would do those kind of things at other kind of uh, events that, you know, around Boise in the, in the area. And so it, it was the main stage and he had this little pizza cart there and he's like, you want to work it? And I was like, yeah, I made, you know, a hundred so, plus bucks and saw some amazing bands. And, and what was your, what was your level of, of, of knowledge about Tree Fort at that time? Because you had been here... Ten, more than 10 years at that point, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And you were in the know. It seems like the kind of thing that would have been on your radar. Absolutely. Yeah, well, it, you know, being a music fan and um, knowing s- several musicians around town, and one in particular, a guy named Eric Gilbert, um, as the, he was the director of the festival, as you likely know, he actually worked at Pie Hole as well, back in the day, he's a musician. <laughs> so anyway, I knew him and I knew about sort of what they were planning, but I didn't really know I was like, this is going to be a cool music fest. I mean, it's Boise. We didn't have one. So I was like, all right. Yeah. And what was kind of the buzz around town back then for for Tree Fort? I mean, now it's huge. But back then, I was like, "Ah, well, we'll give it a shot. We'll see what it is. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, as as I recall, just you heard about it and it's like, oh, this thing's going to happen. But I don't think people really knew what to expect. I mean, unless the very insiders and the founders, you know, and people putting it together at that level. You know, I certainly just knew after you know, going to many music festivals over the years and kind of, you know, kind of taking in 
outdoor shows like that happens at the main stage. I was like, oh, this is going to be a cool thing, I think. But it, nobody, I think, really so saw it coming as kind of this magical, cool art you right. know, sort of extravaganza in Boise. But so back then, your intersection with Treefort was just because of where you worked. You weren't yeah. volunteering for Treefort. You weren't part of the, the inner circle. You were just up there slinging pies. Could you throw yeah. them in the air? Did you get I, to that no, point? Well, we, it's a little cart. So I, I could try, I mean, but we didn't actually make them did, there. Oh, I, okay. I, I but did you have that skill? Moderate. Moderate. Yeah, I mean, as, I was a little messy with it. As writers and as members of an arts community, you do develop a lot of tertiary skills, and I was thinking that might be one of them. It's, yeah, not yeah. my best, but I often put the hand through the dough when it lands. So I was uh, never, I was never that good. Donut so. type of thing. Yeah. Okay. So you're up there slinging pies yeah. and that's your introduction to Tree Fort. And at some point that year, did this idea come to you? Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about something because there's other forts were happening right at the, you know, at the start. And so elements, elements of the festival that I was like, oh, that would be kind of cool. You know, and being a writer, being a teacher, running, reading events around town over the years and um, participating in them too. I was like, oh, that would be kind of a cool thing to have here. Cause, and especially the second year when like Hackford, I think was, came in the second year by like Alefort was around, Yoga Fort was around and like, it would be cool to have a literary element. And you could see, and maybe it took seeing these other uh, permutations of a fort to see that the general idea behind Treefort could apply to a literary type festival as well. Yeah. I mean, it kind of happened organically. I feel like it was like, oh, that would be kind of cool, you know, and being someone who sometimes readings and or, you know, literary festivals, things like AWP are not like my cup of tea so much. It's kind of a little bit more traditional or this industry driven and ego. I'm like, read are these readings? And they're like, kind of boring. Yeah. Put a pin in that because I did want to talk about that because that has, as a, as a participant to three times will be this year in, in tree or in a story for it. Yeah. You've got a point, but we'll get back to that. Okay, but that was uh, I was just that was part that. of a driving. That was part yeah. of what drove you to do it. So, if this idea occurs to you, then what do you do? Well, I work with the place, uh, the cabin, which is a literary nonprofit, the state's largest um, here in Idaho nonprofit um, in the literary world, and they put on all, all sorts of events. And I, you know. Britt Udison at the time was the director there. She's since moved on to The Loft in Minneapolis, um, which is a similar organization, but I think the largest one in the country. But anyway, she did a great job of kind of the cabin being kind of an old school, you know, cool place, but it kind of wanted to pop in there and be a part of maybe of of, uh, Tree Fort overall. And Britt being a music fan and someone who kind of wanted to make that organization kind of... Were these ideas then sort of developing parallel to each other? Yeah, she and, you know, we were friends and I worked with them, um, but didn't really know Britt had been thinking about this as much as she had until Eric Gilbert, when I approached him about the idea, he's like, yeah, let's let's talk about it. And like Britt has, you know, has been kind of put this bug in my ear a bit too. And so then Britt and I got together and we formed like a, the, some of her ideas and some of my ideas. And I just kind of went to, went to town on seeing what we could pull in and who we could pull in. Then we kind of formed a team of um, five members. It was kind of the, the brain trust. Um, so we'd get together and we started planning. And, and, you know, and who was on that team? Give them a shout out. Oh gosh. Megan Williams, um, Jessica Holmes. Woo-hoo. I know. Adrian Keene. Yeah. And then Britt and myself. Those are my shout outs. Yes. And the whole cabin staff, which is not a large staff, would, would chime in on ideas and my other writerly friends. And now, you, let me ask you this. Yeah. 
you get a good, you're, you're chugging along in your writer life, right? I, you're, and at that point, you are, your first book uh, is forthcoming. At that forthcoming. time, yeah, was sort of, had you already submitted it? I don't think, no, it was published, the first book was published in 2014. Right. Um, on, that's 2012. So I, no, I don't, not the first year, no. But so you're chugging along. You yeah. got your book coming. Published a lot you're of stories. Teaching, of it, yeah. And over at Boise State. Teaching at Boise State. It's a fairly traditional arc, yeah. including the pizza part. Yep. For a fiction writer, did you have any idea? <laughs> and let me interject here on the way over, you had said, this festival is pretty much becoming your whole life. It has been, yeah. Did you have any idea of what could happen if you started this and how it would impact you, how, how it would impact your writing life? You know, I didn't really. I didn't, I didn't take that much time to even think about it. Yeah, you don't it. think about stuff so like that. I have a pretty, I think, creative mind. And so I was getting all these ideas, like we could do this and we could do this. And then, like I said, kind of organically, it started to come together. And so one thing, the great things about Tree Fort and Story Fort and all the forces is amazingly collaborative. So we had so many artistic and smart, you know, fun people kind of we could just start working with, you know. I mean, I mm-hmm. go, there's like dozens and dozens that we worked with over the years or more, but that kind of helped the magic kind of happen. So I was kind of, we just started playing around with it. Yeah. And was there any sort of lag time in between the time, in between the point where, there was a brain trust that decided this was going to happen, and you were able to start collecting volunteers. Well, yeah, we had a lot of people interested right off the bat. I mean, I can go into sort of where we started, like venue-wise and kind of artist-wise, as we have this conversation. But we started pretty small, even though that was still plenty of work. But one of the things Tree Ford does overall is have a great base of nearly a thousand every year volunteers. Mm-hmm. Um, so they offer those to the forts. Oh, and to, so you. So you had some training wheels. We, I mean, that first year, not really. I mean, they, I don't think we had a poster. I don't, we don't, we, didn't, we were trying to get the, our, because we came in, this is our seventh year, I should say, of, of Story mm-hmm. Ford. So it was like the, you know, the third year of the festivals when we, we hopped in and they were kind of assembling forts. They didn't kind of know yet, I don't think, what to do with all of us who kind of wanted to be a part of this festival. So did they help you get? Figure out how to get venue space and yeah. how to nail that down. So Absolutely. they did help with that. And, and how For many sure. venues did you have that first year? It's, I think we just had, we had one, it's like a storefront space that the city actually of Boise that year was uh, turning 150 years old. Jeez. And so they had this, this, this sesquicentennial celebration going on like all year. God and one, bless you for knowing that word. Is it? Yeah. And it took me a while. mispronouncing it. Sesquicentennial. This is high level stuff here. Yeah. So it, um, and I didn't know that what that word meant when I first heard it. I'm, I'm quite <laughs> sure. But they had a shop, um, storefront that the, so I, I might be speaking out of school a little bit, but I'm, the city ran it and through, I think, their arts and history department. And is it they bring in local artists and people do readings there in the past. And they have, you know, a cool little space right on, um, I guess it was right on Main Street uh, near the, like the festival footprint. And Eric Gilbert and Megan Stoll and Drew Lorena, um, Lorona and uh, their team who work with the founders, there's more to them, but they kind of helped us find the venue, kind of, they have a, we're already getting a great brand going by that third year for sure. It really has a unique feel to it, everything that Tree Fort kind of puts out there and it's kind of obviously, you know, it keeps evolving, but they did have a really big presence like website wise, just outreach wise. And so they did help us, but they were kind of on our own too. that year. I don't think we got any 
signage much or anything like that. We got a few things that were cool, but they were, they were kind of, you know, just figuring out what to do with forts like us. So, yeah. Well, and I figure they were dealing with growth themselves. Yeah. And we're probably trying to keep their arms around that much less. I'm sure the idea of getting other forts was probably fantastic. Like, oh, cool. This will be some giant, you know, holistic right. entertainment festival. But you guys are, we can't. We're spread really thin. Yeah. Oh, I know. And I think that they thought it was cool. And uh, Eric Gilbert's very much kind of like, okay, let's just let's do this. See how it goes. And he's pretty open. Some of the other team members are like, okay, let's control this. And you know, they they have a really good sort of, um, I guess, understanding through the brain trust of the, the larger festival. Kind of, they have so many people have their own strengths, and it works for one big, you know, sort of organism uh-huh. really nicely. So. I liked the fact that Eric was like, yeah, let's give it a try. And then one thing, too, I go ahead. until you're ready to ask something else there. Um, I was going to ask something, but it wasn't really a part of that stream of thought. Okay. What I was going to ask was, at the beginning, you had the Mickey Rooney idea, let's put on a show. Yeah. But how fully realized, and how much time did you spend on this, was your mission? You know, because I noticed, like, Story Fort... If someone asks me, oh, go story for it, what is it? I'll first say, well, it's a literary festival. Well, no, it's not really a literary festival. And, right. and if you go to this, you know, if you look at your part of the Tree Fort website, it's not about writers necessarily. It's no. about stories. Absolutely. Was it always about stories? I think, yes. Um, our just, you know, I think along those lines of, for me, and I think, you know, for the rest of the teams, kind of in the same mindset, not wanting, like I said, to, to be sort of traditional, but we did have way more sort of, you know, fiction writers, memoirists, poets, some spoken word artists that first year. We had like a zine and publishing panel. We had, we did start this event, I believe at the 10th Street that first year, which is kind of like a raucous in this bar, 10th Street station, kind of, kind of storytelling moth mm-hmm. styles, you know, that kind of thing. So we did have that or we developed that maybe the second year. But anyway, we did have like cocktail stories came to mind. So we had bartenders telling stories. And then, yeah, just I think organically again, just like moving forward, I wanted it to be personally, I speak for myself, I don't know the rest of the festival folks did um, on, our, on our team, wanted it to be more, I don't know, just socially, politically, um, culturally relevant and interesting. So, you know, I mean, just to name a few things at this point, like we do work with a lot of refugee communities. We work with immigration narratives. We've worked with um, basically gun violence in America, kind of activism in that realm and bringing voices in on that and political narratives. And we work, you know, sort of things that are not traditionally like literary per se. And we do a number of those things and try to mix it up every year. We did some Peace Corps stories last year. Then we mix it in with you know some great novelists coming out every year, um, some awesome spoken word artists and poets, and you know so we we have a, a blend which I I think has worked. I mean it's a little bit like what is it? So that's a tough question sometimes, <laughs> but it, I just think that idea of story of narrative you know is the, like the overarching you know sort of like you know sort well, of theme if you will. You know, and we just go back to that when we ask ourselves, well. Sh- if we have this going on, you know, how would he shape it into a story and like the humanness and the, you know, the human condition and all that kind of stuff comes into play? Well, I can't speak for 2012 because I wasn't paying as close attention back then, but I would say now the idea of focus on story above all else, mm-hmm. it seems to be in vogue more than it was. You know, it, there seems to be less of a, 
less of a need to define yourself as some type of storyteller as long as you are a storyteller. And, and That's I, interesting. And that seems to be what you're doing here is putting all those storytellers under one tent. Um, but how much of this, and I know you, and I've mm-hmm. known you a long time. True. How much of this in the beginning was a reaction to the way, to staid, boring literary festivals? Oh, you know, I mean, in fact, I don't even go to many. I've been to a few, like AWP, which is a big, giant, you know, that's you like know a, professional writer just yeah, publishing that's, 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 a conference. Is it 10, 15,000 people every yeah, year, yeah. once a year in some city? It's city-ish. a trade show almost. It is, but those kind of things. But yeah, did my, you know, got my MFA in fiction writing from Boise State. And, you know, the, the, you go to poetry readings, you go to fiction readings, you take part in them at the... At libraries or bookstores or sometimes bars every once in a while, but it was a sort of it's kind of insider baseball or whatever. It's like you're just on that in that literary world. And so I didn't really want to be that because it's a music festival, and that's not where you come from. No, that's not the world you come from. Back, and and I was of course back in the '80s too afraid to do this. But you and your little crew were doing poetry slams. We did and shouting things and and really (laughs) getting a little rowdy. We had the guerrilla poets, the street poets. We did that. We just walk in someplace and and start shouting. It was, and now I think about it, it was it's probably like, well, we're older now. And yeah. I'm, look, I'm eating here. Can, yeah. Uh, yeah. Can I just finish? Yeah. So, but I think but, that sense of it as, as, as art or, and or literature as something that is more alive. Cause I know absolutely. what you mean. I went to, after going to, to Story Fort last year, I went to a reading in San Francisco where I live in a bookstore yeah. with someone I knew. And I left and I'm like, I don't ever want to do something like that. Really? That's so boring. They're drinking yeah. tea. And, <laughs> exactly. And tittering. I, and I, yeah, I don't want that. Yeah. I mean, I guess I thought about that just maybe even indirectly, definitely just out of my own personality, like you mentioned, and by my own experience. Um, but it being, you know, Tree Fort Music Fest, and then the rest of the parts were coming together. It's like, this is a music fest, you know, it's like, but really Story Fort has become rather large, a part of the festival, and the other forts have too, but it, it's, it's um, I don't know, it, I wanted to fit the vibe of the Sets festival. the tone, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The tone's already set, and, and there have been other attempts, I think even Lollapalooza would have a poetry stage. I don't, yeah, I've wondered about that back but in the I day. Think they were a little more tokenized, like, oh, go see a poet. And yeah, then come back and watch the performance art. They had a lot of that. Remember yeah. the Jim Rose sideshow circuit uh, or with freaks and circus? I mean, they, that, that was part of it, I remember. That was big in the 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy was our uh, pharmacist when we lived in Seattle. Jim Rose? No, no, the, uh, the tube, the guy who would drink tons of liquids. Oh, man. He was a pharmacist. He worked up at the Byride or the Rite Aid. I kind there. of remember you saying that yeah, back, yeah. This is, this back in like the early 90s Timid in guy, Seattle. So. Kind of quiet guy. Yeah. But I think I, I see, and I, and I think you've accomplished that. I think you've accomplished creating a sort of Thanks. storytelling slash literary gathering that isn't stayed and isn't. But it's also, yeah, yeah. it's also pretty young. Seventh year coming into well, know. and I mean the people that participate oh, are generally yeah. younger than us. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Tree Ford and and Story Ford demographics is kind of hard to pin down. Pretty wide, you know, sort of swath of humanity that we that we reach out and t- you know basically be on stage and come to the events. Um, a lot of like maybe the slam poetry and the spoken word kind of skews a little younger. We do work like with the uh, Boise State Public Radio and NPR, and that's kind of yeah. a little bit more, you know, public radio and public TV audience is a little going to skew a little older. But you know, we we like it that way. And there've been people, and you get advice, obviously, all the time, and you don't want to be closed off. I don't, for, but 
a lot of people have let, we should be need, needed to be a little bit more defined, like what story for it is and kind of what your demographic is. Otherwise, they, you know, they're like people are just going to be confused or, you know, so I, I don't well, I don't really agree with that um, personally, obviously. But uh, I hope just that it has like this big amorphous sort of beast, you know, this kind of being it's kind of like works if you. Yeah, you can get a lot of things from Storyfort um, that you, know, that you are, can't get at other places. And, and I think it sort of depends on what your mission is. And I think you've pretty much, we haven't, you know, I haven't asked you straight out what is Storyfort's mission statement, but I think you've been sort of shaping it in, in what you've said. And it's really a celebration of stories. Absolutely, yeah. And that can fall under a lot of different... Right, like this podcast. We have worked with a lot of podcasters. And this podcast in particular is like, you know, Voices of Treefort Music uh-huh. Fest. And that's kind of... At Storyfort, we definitely have other. I mean, it's, it's, we collaborate with a lot of other forts as well as musicians who come to town. Um, so it's kind of an entire little microcosm of you know of, a, of the festival. You know, sort of it. it op- it's a broad you know sort of de- definition. Like we celebrate story or narrative. Mm-hmm. You can put a lot of things under that umbrella for and, sure. And and have the founders and and the ruling. The inner yeah. sanctum of rule. Yes. Have you had discussions about what is literature and the role that literature is going to play in this? And I, I, that just occurred to me because I thought, well, yeah, I mean, if you can give Bob Dylan the Nobel Prize in literature, you can right. have a musician do something at Story for it. Well, absolutely. I mean, they don't, I mean, they let us kind of steer the ship for the most part in the literary sense. It seems like I mean, people will suggest things, um, artists to work with, or maybe this would be a cool crossover, but they definitely each year, especially moving, you know, moving forward, we would get just artists who are coming for story. For obviously there's a lot of writers, you know, there's writing music, you know, so many of the artists, you know, write, obviously write their own original music and there are, you know, I don't know. They're just, they would give us a couple suggestions. So not so much in the literary sense, but, oh, this person has a book. And that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Like, or Let's, like Laura Veers, who's out of Seattle, you know. Yeah. Or they were the, here last year and did like a songwriting sort of workshop, as well as this is a discussion of just the, the industry and kind of her role in it. You know, she's been around for quite some time. But Galen Lee, who's a, a musician who won the Tiny Desk Concerts contest they have every year, like, I think in 2016 um, or 2017, but she was out as a musician here. She did a really interesting talk at Storyfort on the role of what it's like. You know, she did disabled and just how that was to be accepted in the industry and kind of what her her story was. So we those get those kind of crossovers right. with some musicians. So what degree do you then value a personal story? Someone saying, "Come tell your story," versus someone saying, "I'm a storyteller and these are the stories I tell." Well, define that. What do you mean by that? Like, well, it sounds like her, the woman you were just talking about, her personal story was yeah. the hook. Yeah, and she's. It's also something. Yeah, she had done. She does around like at not just at music festivals, but at in just her role as an artist and and speaker out there in the world. So that was kind of something that I think Eric Gilbert just pointed her our way. It's like, what do you think? That would be cool, huh? And so we just got her in. So she. Yeah, is that, and is that a, is that a rare case or a, a a more common case where someone is tree fort can't really decide what to do with them, and I think maybe they actually belong in story fort and not tree fort. Oh, um, that's that's fairly common. I mean, we don't. Yeah, it just depends on the year, I guess. So definitely, um, there's a, a spoken word artist. You know, we're going to have out in 2020 for that they they came. Th- 
to the festival or, or got, you know, they were recruited to the festival or whatever, I think just through the music side. Mm-hmm. And they do a lot of like big time spoken word shows on um, travel the country. And they're going to be a part of storyboard this year, you know, and that was a good fit, but I think that they're, they're going to also be doing something else. At the festival. I don't know what that is. That was just a recent Crossover. development. So, yeah. I want to talk about regionalism. Okay. And I want to talk about the role that Idaho and Boise and this part of the country plays in Tree Fort and Story Fort and what, how that informs them and makes them different. And you may not, and I'm wondering if that's something that you're even aware of or if it's something that is reflexive because you live here and you're from here and this is your world. Right. But what do you think, how do you think it being Boise makes it different? Like, whereas maybe not, it's probably not true anymore, but at one time it being Austin made right. South by Southwest, South by Southwest. Right. And that that kind of comparison happens pretty often. Like this is like South by Southwest 20 years ago, you know, or something or longer, but I, I've never yeah, actually gone that's, to South by that's Southwest. That's pretty high praise. Yeah. I mean, that's something. Um, I have never been to South by Southwest either. And let me tell you something, it's too late. I think it's too late. It's I've, way too I've late. I've heard, and it goes on like two different weekends. Well, it's a I, tech festival now. Well, Story Fort does have tech elements. You can, well, you know, but the Hackforders. Well, the, I'm sorry. I, offend the hack I apologize, Hackforders. <laughs> but so. South by Southwest is no longer a music festival. It's like a big film festival. All the tech guys show up. Yeah. Anyway, I, so that said, that was one of the reasons that, you know, the management and founders can speak to this and a little more, but people like Boise would be kind of like a, a drive through city for musicians, like going from Salt Lake to Seattle or Portland. Is it still that way? No. I mean, that three forward has really helped solve that problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there were a couple of other music festivals over the years in Boise that aren't around anymore, but that was a big thing. I mean, they, you know, bands would be here. You find out later, they, oh, they stayed the night at like the modern hotel and it's because they were just passing through. Oh, okay. And the timing, um, like, you know, I don't work directly with the music side, but the timing of this is such a, you know, Tree Fort happens a week after South by Southwest. And in between, it's like in the festival, so it was like this was the so slot, the third week of March kind of worked. So some of these bands were on the road already. And, you know, music side can speak to that stuff, but it was definitely a place that, you know, was struggling that way. So repeat that question. Yeah, so where am I going with that? I'm kind we're, of getting We're home. digressing a bit, but I'm talking about the character mm. of the festival and how this area informs that and makes it different than if it were to take place where I live in San Francisco or in Seattle, right. which is a city that they sometimes compare Boise to. It's, oh, it's Seattle 20 years ago. Or sure, or Minneapolis or New York. And, you know, how is it Idaho's festival? And I'm talking about it's Story Fort now, not Fort itself. Fort. I yeah. mean, well, makes it is interesting. Because like the festival overall is like a festival of discovery. And that's kind of an element of, I think, kind of one of the taglines. And that definitely is something we present it you know, sort of story forward. So having it be a smaller city, you know, especially at first, you know, we're not, it'd be very difficult to pull in budget wise, but just name wise, it's like some of the big, you know, big New York Times bestselling authors. So it kind of was like, we were getting like first time novelists or poets, you know, who are publishing some really cool, you know, it's some really cool small presses. And we've got, we've, it's grown now. Word of mouth has really helped the authors that have been here have helped spread that. Has know, it, it's a good word. So has it gotten to the point where you have to remind yourself to make space for local authors? Um, yeah, yes, but that's done, been definitely one of our goals. I mean, it's kind of what Tree Ford overall does. Um, so plus being a local author, I know a lot of local authors <laughs> and, you know, sort of 
people who are awesome in this community who, you know, aren't you, aren't you Idaho's third favorite local author of what was that? There was a poll. You were like number two or number three. I was, that's pretty I was in the, the, it's the the Boise weekly. You bring that up at Thanksgiving when you're home, like. Don't talk to me that I don't way. Know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if my parents know that. Oh, they should definitely they should, know that. But they, yeah, I'd lost to Tony Dore, Anthony Dore, Pulitzer wow. you know, Prize winner. That's, you get that's that tough. Pulitzer, it's kind of hard to it compete is, with that. It is difficult. But that said, they put this, it's a like best of Boise thing that, that my name has been in there a couple times. What's that, his handicap? That's what I was. Oh thinking. yeah, yeah I don't know. Golfer, I doubt it. Well, I'm not either anymore. Oh, I haven't sad. played. I, well, um, yeah. Is there... Are there stories? I'm going to keep hammering on this. Okay. Are there stories that are told here that are specifically of here? That is a good question. It's this, you know, in 2020, we're working with through Story for like the Idaho Conservation League, which is clearly, you know, they they work they do a lot of like work bringing awareness and education, um, you know, about the river systems, about just the environmental issues in the state. And um, so that obviously is an Idaho thing. And then we have had like the second year, um, we did a pretty cool, or I thought it was pretty cool, um, kind of hist- history of like, we bring with a historical association in Boise and two women who are historians told the story of all this downtown part of Boise and what like the, foot, the tree fort footprint, like where these, you know, sort of stages mm-hmm. are and venues we use, what they were and what this like little area, you know, of this festival was very different, you know, from the early years. Oh, of Boise. Sure, so that yeah. was the stories of the city for sure. Um, and like we feature like the Boise's, you know, slam poetry, like their national slam poetry team, like they have contests all year, you know, poetry slams and they basically get four or five usually. And so, we, I mean, they're kind of representing Boise and they've been, we had like the regional slam finals here, that kind of thing. And so it's kind of like Boise, show, you know, representing. But yeah, so I mean, I don't think about Boise and uh, kind of Idaho needing to necessarily be a huge part, but it's like, it's naturally going to be. Right, you know? like so we, in, in the sense that like your stories yeah. are very Western. Yes. Actually, you're a Western writer. <laughs> Yes, like a modern contemporary. Not that you write westerns, no. But they have a very western. The skies are very big. That's true. The distances are very big, and and you know everything. The land is craggy, right? And I think there is a sense of. But there's one other thing, and I and I hope this comes out right. When we were here last year, when I was here with my podcast co-host, former podcast co-host Bridget Quinn, shout out BQ, uh, we were talking about we were kind of walking around and seeing all the tree fort attendees and all the people right. walk. Look, and we thought, wow, there's like where we live in a very big city, it's fairly stratified and there's rules, right? You need to look this way. You need to follow this. You are this, this, or this here. It seems like you can do whatever you want. There's nobody telling you, you need to be this. And That's I wonder amazing. if that contributes to the overall character of the, of the festivals. I think so. And maybe gives you that feeling like, well, we don't have to pigeonhole ourselves as this one thing. Exactly. And that's definitely, I moved to Boise, you know, sort of late 90, very late 90s, um, moving from Seattle. And I found it to be really a place at the time, you know, it was a lot smaller and it's grown quite a bit since then. Fastest here in Boise. growing city in America. Oh, man. Mm. Um, but it's at the same late. time, yeah, I don't know, just the arts scene was not nearly as clickish. You could do, you could do things, you know, you could meet people like down at the Neurolux, there'd be like hippies and there'd be punks and there'd be rockabilly kids and there'd be old old guys and, you know, and it it was just kind of a 
you know, it was it was a pretty welcoming community, just from the start for me, I thought, compared to Seattle, because there's kind of a, meh, you know. Seattle's Seattle. a little stratified, too. Yeah, but anyway, that said, also, with, like, StoryForge, and Boise just started getting this whole ball rolling that is StoryForge, it was kind of like, we did. I didn't go consult any other... We didn't, right? Well, maybe somebody did, but I, I certainly didn't consult like other people who run literary festivals. Or I, you know, or I was going to ask that if you had inspirations, not or really, I mean, goals. You know, if you saw a literary festival, that's what I want to be like those guys. No, I mean little elements, I suppose, but I did not really. I don't know. I didn't. I was thinking about that the other day. It's more. I think it's kind of how I write, also. So maybe that's my my artistic sort of. Uh, I don't know ethic because you know you're writing a short story, you just take it for. You, you have a plot, of course, but, you know, it, it becomes what oh, it is. You have a plot. Some, Shoot. Well, not, not everybody thinks so. A little so. plot. A yeah, plot. at least yeah, in the short story especially. But that said, um, I think I hadn't really thought about it until just right now that maybe that was like just how I'm built. And like just to be like, yeah. And then maybe that's an outgrowth of being in Boise is to be like, oh, yeah, we can do that. We can you figure can that, that out. Yeah, yeah. It, it's sort of that feeling you'd have like when you look at pictures of punk rock shows from the 70s and you yeah. look at the audience and it's like, Oh, that guy just that guy just like spray painted an A on a T-shirt, and here he is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was kind of us. I, yeah, we were the, I don't know, the punk kids on the fringe. I guess I was, you know, not a kid at the time we started this thing, but uh, yeah, and that's kind of the magic I feel like of Tree Ford. It's, it's a big, gosh, it's just like this this big beast. Um, it's like you know, with all these moving parts, but like we have these meetings, and more and more moving closer to the festival, where it's like seventy. 80 people in the wow. room, all these, all the forts, all the management and kind of just go around and the room and we kind of have this really cool kind of vibe. That's been one of the, you know, my, I don't know, a real privilege to work, get to start, you know, really being part of the larger team um, of, of Tree Fort. It's just to see how it worked on the mm -hmm. backside. I mean, you know, that's an interesting thing. And Story Fort too, I mean, we just, we have five people that you know from this podcast and or will soon that, that's a lot. There's a lot going on. Not for us in you know. And we have to get volunteers. We have interns from Boise State or called to Western Idaho, and we, you know, just kind of, I guess, just seeing how it works, kind of just like I keep saying, organically. It's my word. Where it just is like, okay, we got to get this done. It's very organized, but it's kind of doesn't necessarily feel organized all the time. For you know, certainly. Now, is there a point when it would become too big? Story Ford was, I think, last in 2019 was. It's too big. It was. It might have been. It cannot get much bigger during the five days of the Tree Fort Music Fest. Mm, but we put on a lot of. We haven't really gone into that, but we do year-round events. We do Scary Fort around Halloween time. We do collaborate with the Idaho Horror Film Festival around that time too. And um, and guess what? A year-round podcast. And uh, yes, we, there it is. Um, Story Fort presents, and we do work. Yeah, so we do five, six, seven events year round, starting kind of in the fall through the lead up to to Tree Fort and Story Fort. So that's it's big, but I I feel like a couple members of our team who <laughs> just kind of felt like it was more than this is is exhausting for for people. Um, there it's just like okay, we got to make sure this is not killing people or get people were getting sick during the festival because we were. Oh, it's yeah, a lot that. of work and like. It's well, just, you know. And, but aside of that, do you, are Sorry. there ever concerns that the, the we've talked so much about the character of story for right. it. Are there ever concerns that you could get to a certain level of growth and lose that character or not even lose yeah. it, just, it'd be impossible to sustain it? 
I I think so. It's a good point, and you, you hope not. And we've been trying to be use a lot of smaller venues too, so it's kind of better to we feel like to be like having a packed house um, or people standing. Nothing like a packed house. I know, I and mean, it's a hundred person venue. Um, but you know, having, gosh, I guess. That is kind of a vibe to hopefully keep the energy without being a big pain in the butt for people, you know, who can't get into certain events. But then also, you know, just um, getting creative with how we present and where we present, you know, um, these these readings and these storytelling events. So I do kind of, you can, you, I think Tree Fort kind of for sure we feel that way too. Like you don't want to lose a, the, what the vibe of the, the festival is. vibe, yeah. So, you know, but it also you, you want to keep evolving and growing and, right, you know, right. staying in the black, you know, as far as, you know. <laughs> was last year the first year when you had Tommy Orange in a big theater? Was that the first time you had done that? Yeah. The very awesome Tommy Orange um, through our, our friends, uh, tre- some awesome librarians um, and the library program called Treasure Valley Reads. They, they helped collaborate and bring him in. And he was, if you don't know Tommy Orange, he's a rock star. L- look him up. Yeah, he's a great, you know, younger uh, Native American, awesome writer who I wrote this book called They're There, and it was just really gaining a lot of momentum. But that time, it already had a lot of momentum, but it was like he, soon after, like yeah. story for it, it was like, boom, there he went. Now, you know, he was, he was, I think he was on one of the late night shows just recently. Holy cow. Or, you was know. he wearing a Warriors hat? I hope. Please say he was wearing a Warriors I didn't hat. actually see the episode. Shoot. Somebody told me about it. Um, and is that a template? Are you going to continue trying to, to attack at that scale? Yeah, we are. And we're hoping, you know, it's, you know, you never know when you're, if you're going to, when lightning is going to strike, you get that hot author, you know, but that's, mm-hmm. um, yeah, this year, 2020, we're planning, you know, to have, we're figuring out the exact, you know, sort of plan for the Egyptian theater, which is great. Don't cold. reveal any names. No, no names revealed okay. yet, but Good. you can go to Treeport Music Fest com and kind of see what we have out there announced or as it gets uh, you know closer as and it closer. Gets closer but yeah so we are planning to go that large our larger scale it's like a 750 capacity wow you know sort of and we you know we sold it out basically did, yeah one thing I should mention that hasn't been mentioned too that tr- like story Ford, the the lion's share of story Ford's events are free and open that's like and you know some are in you know over 21 venues uh, or 21 plus venues and so that's a thing, but we'd like to be as inclusive as possible and making it a free, you know, like Tommy Orange was actually a free as a ticketed event, but it was it, by I donation know. only. So yeah, I didn't get in. I didn't get a ticket. I was, oh, I was you could have. Were you there, up there on stage with him? I was nice. briefly. I, mean, I was not the the moderator. Oh, okay. that was um, a guy named Jason Pretty Boy. Let me ask you a question, because uh, that's what we're here to do. Yes. At what point did Story for it become your job, and? How are you wrestling with that? It is interesting. I mean, I do teach still. I mean, not at Boise State at the current time. I do my own workshops, and I work with the cabin, the literary nonprofit that I mentioned, teaching like summer writing camps with kids. So it's not just my only job right now. I would, I would, it would be great to if we can get it monetized correctly. It'd be kind of a cool thing to. And what does that know? entail? How would you monetize it correctly? Is that I mean, it, clearly by by using that term, you don't mean it just needs to get bigger so we can all get paid. I mean, sponsorship is huge, and we're working, you know, on some creative ways to, like, Tree Fort um, Music Fest is a .com. It's a B Corp, and it's, you know, has a lot of things that I won't get into, but it doesn't, 
you don't have quite as many opportunities at this point. We're working on find, figuring new ways to, to, to do, get, basically get grants, get uh, you know money from arts organizations. We get a lot of sponsorships from arts organizations um, already, but we could kind of increase that as we move forward by being getting clever with an interesting, you know, interesting ways to like raise the monies out there for arts events like ours, right. I feel like. But some, it's just like figuring out how that works. That's how, a lot of work. Too, how much of that is your job to figure that out? And uh, how did you learn that stuff? You didn't well, learn that shouting poetry and no, I mean, I diners just, and restaurants. Exactly. I mean, working with the cab and I, you know, for 20 or since from almost 20 years, I suppose when I started, I didn't have worked there every year for them, but um, 20 years, they, you know, they're a nonprofit and um, literary organization. And I was like, oh, that's kind of figuring out how that works. And then honestly, just kind of, kind of seat in my pants a little bit and then talking to people who actually know how that works and seeing, you know, working with the Idaho Commission on the Arts, you know, as the Idaho writer in residence, that was pretty eye-opening for how they get funded too. And then, I don't know, we just, it's, I'm, I do a lot of the seeking, um, but we also work with a sponsorship team from Tree Fort, which is great. And our teams, we're always looking for generous donors who want to like even, you know, put in a thousand bucks and mm-hmm. you get, you know, you get a lot of festival benefits and it's like, that's one of the great, great things about Story Fort and Tree Fort all, and all the forts. I mean, it's like people really have wanted to, they've stepped up. Like people, the whole community really comes together. And, you know, like I said, a thousand or so volunteers a lot of these years, you know, and that's just all from this community. So. How I'm, do you manage <laughs> this? Yeah. I'm, I don't want to call it a burden, but how do you manage this uh, left turn? Yeah. And what As you thought writer, was going to yeah. be a life of sitting in a garret, you know, yes. drinking Chianti out of a straw bottle and writing short stories. No, I wouldn't do that. Okay, maybe But not. I would write short stories, but maybe some Chianti, I'm not sure. But I would... Ooh, Chianti's nice now and then. I... Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. I don't know. Sometimes, I, I mean, I try to... I, you know, it takes a lot of, like, creative energy, and yeah. that's been hard to, like, not have, like, the focus is on story for it and things. I'm always thinking of, you know, and getting text messages and, um, you know, making phone calls and getting on, you know, the computer to send a billion emails. And so that obviously mm-hmm. can take time away from writing or even being like, like concentrating on writing. Like you have to see, you know, it takes a little while to get in the, Has you it, know, in the yeah. vibe or in the, you know, in the mood or, or just in the zone is I guess I want to say, but, and that kind of comes and goes a little bit, it's more sporadic right now. I'm trying yeah, to kind of say shape how regularly it are you writing? Got my journal in front of me here, my little journal. So I, I do write that by hand. I do, but also I have I write. I try to plug away on you know things most days of the week, and I have you know different drafts of short stories going. I've got a couple novel manuscripts that have been kind of. I was going to ask you about the novels. Yeah, I've got new stuff, so I kind of feel like I, I've. I don't know. I'm kind of like a shark. I got to keep swimming. Are you moving or otherwise? You know, I don't and, know. That, that's... And since you spend so much time leading workshops, are you in any writing groups yourself? I do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this group actually, you know, we've been a little less consistent than we like to be as of late, but that is people's lives and things happen. And this group just called the, the, the Gamekeeper Salon, which is the Gamekeeper was this place that, um, you know. You got to have a catchy name. It, well, it was, this, it, was, it was a restaurant in the Hawaii, which is, you know, mm-hmm. you've been there. And that's, I have. You know, we've done a lot of our programming there. in downtown Boise. But anyway, we'd go, it was this very cool old retro look at 80s looking lounge that, that uh, we would go hang out, drink, and then you could smoke in there back in the day. Um, we would do a little bit of that and then just share our stories. There are people I went to grad school with, so it was like started 
2004, I think, is when that... So we still meet fairly regularly, so that group. But I also have a couple friends I exchange stories with. I try to keep that consistent. It's good to have a deadline. So yeah, that's just my own stuff. I don't need to, you know... We're talking story for it here, but yeah. We are talking story for it, but we're also delving into a little bit of the impact of becoming that guy. And I want to get in my soapbox here, and okay. this is my thing. And it, it, and it doesn't come as, as a writer, but more actually more as a parent of a, a child entering the career world. Right. Um, when you started out, you wanted to be a writer. Yes. But now you're doing so much for the world of writing Yes. And writers. Yes. And you found a way to carve out a career in writing. It's true. But it seems to be taking away from your writing. So is it okay? (laughs) You know, if if the first line in your obituary is founded, co-founded, sorry. Yeah. The Story Story Fort Literary Festival or Story Festival. Right. Yeah. I mean, it might have a large, you know, larger impact than, you know, a short story collection or two, I mean, you know, but mine might be he interviewed writers. Yeah. I mean, I, that's been a real, it's tough though. Cause I get a little antsy if I don't write and, and I just like feel like I'm kind of a disappointment to myself at times. Or you like, sometimes I'm like, really? That's interesting. So, that, so it's not like a physical thing. Like the writer's like, I must write or I'll lose my mind. Yeah. It's more like, ah, you loser. You should be writing. A little bit of that, <laughs> but you know, but it also is like a certain type of, you don't really realize you're feeling this where I'm feeling antsy and then I'm like, Oh, I guess I have kind of haven't been you know, expressing myself on the page. But that said, I, I just, it's an interesting kind of conundrum, if mm-hmm. you will, that, uh, you talked about, I think a little bit last year, I feel like when you were here, we were just hanging out. What's better? Like, you know, should you be out there where? writing and, you know, write, probably put my stories out there or is this a better kind of more important thing to like put other voices on stage? If and, you talk about impact to the writing world, I mean, yours true. is probably inarguable. Yeah. Impact to your town. Yeah. Impact all these young people. I don't know, man. Yeah. They make a good point. I guess that's, that's been great. Yeah. I just, I, you know, try to do both mm-hmm. as much as possible. So um, but I think I could do a little better job of kind of putting, turning off the story for a brain sometimes <laughs> and then just sitting down. Um, cause it's hard to stop. I'm not, for me, it is uh, to stop thinking about stuff and our idea. I had this great idea or people approach you, of course, and you're mm-hmm. like, Oh, let's get this going. And putting on events is, I didn't ever think that I would be sort of a producer. And you're well known. Random guys in smoke shops know your name. That's true. Um, I just experienced that on the way to the studio today. I've always found that the most the periods that I was most productive writing were the periods where I was busiest because, but busy doing something I really liked Mm -hmm. because I just felt good. You know, like I feel good. I'm gonna bang something out now. Um, But all right, I'll let you off the hook now. We'll go back to story four. You can yeah, quick Rodney Dangerfielding over there. Uh, Uh, Yeah, sorry. Uh, (laughs) Let's we're we're actually running out of time here, so let's let's uh, wrap it up talking about the future of Story Fort and where you see it going. And 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 are Mm -hmm. there, you know, is this the sort of thing where we lay out a five year plan or or just an outline of what where we want to be? Is there a written mission statement? There is not at this time. Mm -hmm. Was there ever? Not, I mean, for the festival overall, yes, mm-hmm. but for, I mean, we don't, we basically have a short little blurb explaining what we are, you know, in our, some of our PR material. It's so on the website too. It is on the website. So that's, I guess you'd call that a mission statement, but it's more like just like this is what we're about, um, the statement. Um, so yeah, we, we, 
basically, yeah, we, I mean, we get too full. Basically, we can't put everything on stage. We have like ideas for people who want to work with us every year just because there's only so much time. But I guess it kind of just builds up like a little bullpen or kind of a little waiting list, you know, sort of. So we have a, like a Google Doc sort of story for it idea soup, you know, and then mm-hmm. putting in those ideas year round and kind of Executing helps them. us. Yeah. You know, kind of like think about what the festival will look like each year, but we don't really have like a personally right now. I don't. Someone else on our team might, uh, by the way, were they were unable to make it today. They have jobs like as mentioned before, but then and school and things like that. So it, it's not just me who makes this happen. So, but it's kind of nice to have a one-on-one, but they, they, you know, have their own vision of what they think it could be. And some of them have been involved for several years now. So. And, and when, when someone says the word professionalism, is that a dirty word or a welcome word? Oh, that's, I mean, it's when you meet, what, in what context, you know, sort of how. When you're running a large, yeah. you're running a business basically. And it's. Right. I mean, I think profe- that's not a nasty word to me, but it's also kind of a little bit. Is it a, is it a nasty word to your more youthful compatriots? We're old men here. I know. I don't think so. I mean, they, they you know, because we we want to treat the festival like with respect, and what we do, and the artists we work with, we work with a lot of really diverse groups out there. So we, you know, we want to come across as sort of yeah, respectful yeah. to them, and, and also treat Ford overall. I mean, it, then we, you know, we had this event last year, um, and we're going to have it, I believe, in 2020 as well, but uh, the Drag Queen Story Hour, which is kind of a national thing with the drag uh-huh. queens reading you know, to kids, and I won't go into it, but basically we got some pushback right. from some very so right-wing some, sort right. of groups, and like we were in, uh, the drag queens took care of business, but they were like on the social media, they were like enraged. Two snaps, yeah. It was good, and, and just other people who support that community, and, and uh, we kind of took, you know, we tried to take a step back and be like not Certainly not instigating anything, but just like saying it was Tree Ford, you know, all excuse me, Story Ford is, you know, also for everyone, just like Tree Ford is, but you know, it's an inclusive event and we're accepting, you know, we'll hear but voices, it, but so we're, we're looking to make it, it a, is something a, a safe place for people to express themselves without getting hate mail. But, but it is possible. something of a watershed moment for you as an organization to decide how you're going to respond to that. Absolutely. To decide, okay, you know, we could just go off Twitter style on these haters. Which, yeah, we did. And overall, um, that's kind of communicated from the overall management side too. And then that's a big, you can imagine, you don't want your uh, fort to go rogue on you. And then, you know, (laughs) they all of a sudden give, you know. Right. We had a little incident at, just went off the rails a little bit when one of our early years that kind of, Things went a little sideways, and some some stuff got kind of miscommunicated between some folks, and I won't go into that. But it did sort of like get. It was kind of like a red flag for I think the festival. And I've learned a lot actually about how to communicate with yeah, but kind of not just making sure it's kind of on on brand, on point, on like sure. so you don't necessarily kind of and maybe that's what I mean because do there's got to be a lot of instances where you personally could just go off. Yeah. Let's just attack them. Let's just antagonize them. Wow. But you're representing absolutely, yeah. a larger entity and there's people's jobs at stake and there's just For stuff sure. at stake and you want to be able to put on a solid yeah, uh, solid show. Yeah, and like I said, really as doing this kind of work, it just kind of keeps moving, you know, forward. I'd have learned I mean, you just taught me like how that kind of 
should work, you know, mm-hmm. kind of that kind of way to kind of communicate. Not that I was kind of a, I don't know. I was a bit of a free spirit. I would go off on, on things back I'm in the day when I was. We, we, back both in, of us were no stranger to. This is, yeah, this is, yeah, the, 25 the, the spirited years retort. Absolutely. <laughs> Otherwise known as shit talk. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> so that was the thing. That out. Maybe not. I don't think we need to. Okay, good. But, yeah. We'll have the little uh, uh, parental discretion advised right. sticker. That's, all, that's the first. The Tipper Gore sticker. Anyway, so yeah, it's just been, it's just, yeah, it's something to be sensitive and open, you know, basically understanding that we're an inclusive, you know, festival and kind of, um, we want to listen to everybody, but then not kind of push back and let, you know, we could, you can take down posts and stuff like that if it's like really, in a, you know, if it's offensive and like we don't want that out there on our but also social a, media. Things, also a good know? opportunity to let people know this is this is who we are. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry you have a problem with it, but this is who we are. Absolutely. We definitely don't back. One of the elements of StoryFort that I feel like the TreeFort overall, the management and founders and they've seen the value of that, what we do as well as so many of the other forts, um, just because, I don't know, we bring a certain type of, I mean... Oh, I think Sarah Payton, the um, assistant director, is like we're the, said we're like the moral conscience of the festival or something like that. Story for it is the moral She's, conscience of the what, festival. That's what she said like Ooh, last year. But no just because there. we kind of bring, you know, we're bringing you know things like you know, like the, yeah, like refugee the, narratives. We're bringing mm-hmm. like immigration narratives, talking about issues, and we're talking about sort of like queer culture um, a fair amount. And a lot of people we work with, you know, sort of. We'll shoot bring those narratives. You, you're using your words. If, you know, if yeah. They, they're just, yeah. You're going to be the moral conscious if you're using your words. Yeah, and I think that that's something that they've found, the festival overall has found a, good, a lot of value in that, being part of a music festival. Like, oh, um, you know, we, we can go listen to these really interesting stories talking about, um, you know, the DACA, you know, sort of recipients and people who've been deported and families broken up because of what was going on with the policy, but talking about the human side of it, it's, it's been kind of a... a creates empathy and understanding hopefully that's our idea but that's something that um yeah we try to bring you know to the festival i kind of lost my thread i don't know where we started on no that it thing, was a so. good thread and i think we're going to wrap it up there story fort uh is now in its seventh year correct it's, yeah, it's 2020, 2020. Seven, so yeah it's march 25th through 29th and 2020 i was just going to ask for the dates for all of you not paying close attention uh, that wraps it up for you, for us here. Uh, of course, you will hear more from Christian Wynn in the future because he will be alongside oh, next to me interviewing people. With some other awesome team members, yeah. He'll so be out of the hot seat. I will be. But thanks. It's been fun to talk and, you know. It's been fun. And by fun. the way, yeah, well, I'll, with you, and you know, you're part of yeah. this podcast yeah. team, which is, you know, you live in San Francisco full time, but you do visit do. Boise a lot and also I I are somebody who has a lot of experience and you it was, you know, I think it's cool that we reconnected, like we talked about after yeah. all, like really artistically reconnected, maybe, you know, 30 years later. Highlights of my, highlights of my middle age. Right, right. So <laughs> anyway, let's just let people know Larry Rosen's, you know. Right. And he's, he's, he's legit. He's, he's like kind of, kind of honorary member of, you know, sort of Boise or a citizen of Boise. That's my goal. My goal is to do enough of these that at the next story for people just assume I live in Boise. There you go. Like, oh, you want to go out next week? I, I can't. I don't live here. What? <laughs> Uh, this has been Story Fort Presents Voices of Tree Fort Music Festival. Uh, we present a new episode go. every week. There we go. Story Fort's year round presence. Absolutely. So we'll see you at the fest. Yesterday you said tomorrow.